You're listening to the Forefront Church Podcast in New York City, where our vision is to see lives, neighborhoods, and our city renewed through Jesus. I was online at Disney World for the Peter Pan ride, and I wasn't happy about it because I was online at Disney World for the Peter Pan ride. And, uh, and I got this text from a friend of mine, and, uh, and I knew he was looking for a job, and him looking for a job meant that he was probably going to move, and I was pretty bummed out. And so I get this text, and he, he writes, he goes, I got a job. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm trying to be happy, like, congratulations. Um, and, uh, and then he writes another text, and he goes, it's in New York. I'm staying in here for another couple of years. And I was like, yes. And all of a sudden, like, the line of the Peter Pan ride just moved real fast. You know what I mean? Like, it felt a lot better. I was pretty happy. And, uh, and he didn't say it in the text, but, but when we got back from Florida and I, I saw him, he, was, he said, you know, part of the reason that we're staying is because of Forefront Church. He's like, we've made incredible friends here. And he's like, we wanted to stick around for a little while longer. Um, I love that. I, I actually, I get the privilege to hear that stuff all the time. Like, so I stand up here and I talk about life change. Like, I get to hear about life change on the daily. Like, I get to hear about it all the time. And I want to share a little bit of it with you. I get to hear it constantly. I heard a couple weeks ago from a friend um, who said that, you know what? Um, this church pre- uh, preaches grace and love in such a way um, that I'm now able to show new grace and new love to the people that are in my life that I don't think I could have ever shown before, but it's because of this church. That's a privilege. I love that our church is doing that. I love that, that this is what our church is all about. We're in the business of changing lives. That's what we do. Um, last week at Easter, you guys, who's, who's here? I feel like a few of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Anyway, uh, last week, somebody came up to me right after service, and they just were like, thank you. They were like, this church, I understand the gospel better than I ever have. I this resurrection finally makes sense to me. Uh, I love that I, can, that I can come here and know that I, uh, you know, I'm loved deeply. And I was like, thank you. Like, just thank you. Like, that's a privilege, right? There has been so many lives changed at this church. I love it. Um, my, my life has been changed at this church. Uh, four years ago, people like Don Torrance, you know, who I bothered every day forever, changed my life. You know, like I would run things by Don and Don said, that's the dumbest thing ever, don't do it. He would also say, this is the best thing ever and we're, are, we are who we are because of people like Don, right? In my most difficult and dark times, there are people who sat by me and just literally sat by me. That's all they did, right? Amazing. There are people who have um, um, impacted my kids' lives so much that my kids call them aunt and uncle, right? That all happens because of this church. I have grown spiritually. I have grown in my faith. I've grown in scripture. I've grown in God because of this church. It is a privilege. It's an absolute privilege for me to be at this church. My life has been changed because of this church. This church, we change lives. We do, we do. We support one another. When you have a baby, we support you when you have a baby. If, if you lose your job, we support you then. We buy groceries, we find people places to live. We help support 10Ks, 5Ks, 0Ks, all the Ks. We support them all. We support people when they need to make albums. We support people when they have this project that's going on. We even go see Batman and Superman together, although I really don't know why. But these are some of the things that we do because this church, our church changes communities. We do that. We do that. My life has been changed because of this place. Stop for one second. Think for one second. Has your life been changed by this place? You've been here for a while. Has your life been changed by this place? Here's what I can say. I can say this. I can say that my life looks drastically different. Drastically different because of Forefront. I can tell you that right now. 
And I don't think I'm the only one here that thinks that. I don't. I think there are plenty of us who think that, who believe that. If you're newer here, if you've been around for a few weeks, I'm really, really glad you're here. Stick around. Your life is going to change drastically for the better. Like it will. You will understand who God is better. You're going to understand grace better. You're going to meet uh, amazing lifelong friends that, like the rest of us, have met amazing lifelong friends. That is all going to happen. I love what we do here at Forefront. And this is the one thing I'm going to say, and I'm not blowing smoke. I promise I'm not blowing smoke. I promise I'm not like making like this big hyper, hyper, you know, hyperbolic statement. Um, but here's what I'm going to say, and I really believe it. This is the beginning. Like, this is just the beginning. I think after three and a half years as a church, we, have our, we finally found our voice. I think we know where we want to go. I think we love the idea of proclaiming this infinite and unimaginable God who comes in the form of Jesus Christ. I think we, we know how we want to help this city. I think we finally ha- have our, our we're, we're hitting a stride. And I believe this. I really believe this. I think that our hundreds of stories of life change, that's just the beginning. I think we're going to change thousands of people. I think I'm going to get the privilege. I think we're going to get the privilege of hearing thousands of really, really good stories. Anybody with me? Amen. I think it could happen. But I gotta speak plainly to you guys. And I'm gonna speak very plainly to you guys. Over the past three years, we have had some really, really generous people. Really, really generous people give a lot of money. Just call it what it is. Uh, we've had generous families, incredibly generous families. These generous families have, um, uh, have used to go to Forefront, have since moved away, and they continue to give to our church, sometimes up to 40% of our church's budget. That's incredible. They've allowed us to do unimaginable things. They've allowed us to do stuff that I didn't think we would ever be able to do, but they've allowed us to do it. There are friends who we have, and these friends that we have, uh, you know, love the work that we're doing here in New York. They love the ministry. They don't live here, and they're like, we don't live here, but we're still going to support it, so that's what they do. They've been supporting it. They've been, you know, writing monthly checks and, and you know, uh, setting up recurring gifts to support our church. When we first started Forefront Brooklyn, uh, this is four years ago, like way before we even, like, met, uh, there were a bunch of churches that came together and they said, you know, we love Forefront. We love your ministry. We're going to give you a lot of money, six figures, to get this thing started. And we're going to give it to you over four years. And so we have had the incredible generosity of churches, of family, and of friends. Like we have had, we've been, we've been, we've been hashtag blessed. We absolutely have. <laughs> Like, it's been incredible what we've actually got from these people. Uh, And and so uh, they've been generous. Our relationships with them are all incredible. But here's the deal. Our four years with the churches, they're they're finished. Here's the other deal. Our our families that that continue to give to us, it is unfair for us to say, hey, continue to give even though you live, you know, 2,000 miles away. It's time for them to take root in their own community. It's time for us as a church to support ourselves. It's time for us to do that. And so that's what we've been working on doing. We've been working on supporting ourselves. We've cut the parts of the budget that need to be cut. We've, we've made a bunch of, uh, you know, changes, good changes, I think. Uh, I know people who are on our leadership team, people like Jen Ugolino, have helped make those changes. And, uh, and we've gotten to a really good place, except, and I'm going to get very honest with you, in 2016, in 2016, we are projected to have a very significant financial shortfall. We are. That's the deal. That's the truth. So here's what we're going to do. Okay? You ready? ready. We're going to raise $250,000. That's what we're going to do. We are going to raise $250,000, and it's going to happen. We're going to do it. 
We're going to do it because this is not the end. I just told you this is the beginning. We're going to raise the $250,000. Over the next eight weeks, we are going to set up a campaign. And in this campaign, we're going to raise $250,000 so that we can tell these great stories. This is an investment, right? This is an investment for people to come to know a Jesus Christ who loves them more than anything else in the world. It's an investment for us to help those people who need the new album started and the new 10Ks and the new 5Ks. This is an investment to sit with people in their pain. This is an investment for people to make lifelong friends. It's an investment for people to serve this city well. This is an investment. Investment because our church, this is, this, we're just beginning. We are just beginning. I'm excited about our investment. I'm really excited about our investment. In fact, I'm so excited about our investment, I'm going to tell you how you can invest. And this is how you can invest. If you give to our church, thank you for giving to our church. I'm going to ask you in 2016 to give more. That's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you do not give to our church, I'm going to ask you this year that you would start giving to our church. And maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, uh, uh, well, I'd love to give. I just don't have the money yet. I don't get my bonus till this time or whatever. Uh, we're setting up pledges. A pledge basically says, I pledge that before the year 2016 is over, I will give this amount to Forefront. I am going to do this as well. I'm going to give more. And this C.S. Lewis quote bothers me to no end, but I believe in it. It says, uh, C.S. Lewis says, I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. Ouch. <laughs> but I'm doing it because I believe in this. I believe in our church. I believe in these stories. I believe in the life change. I believe that life looks drastically different for each one of us because of this place or will look drastically different. If you're new here again, eh, thanks for being here today. Kind of an awkward conversation. <laughs> but this church is worth it. This church is worth it. But it's scary. Come on, it's scary. It's scary to ask for a lot of money. It's scary to ask for $250,000. Um, that's a lot of money to ask for. And you know why it's scary? It's scary because we don't have enough, right? That just is what it feels like. I looked at my bank account this week and I told my wife, I said, wife, we don't have enough. I, I, I didn't say wife. If I said wife, she would have been like, what are you calling me? <laughs> I said, sweetheart, we don't have enough. Because it's scary, because sometimes it feels like we don't have enough. I get that. And there's always these stats I try to use to make myself feel a little bit better. Um, one stat. If you make uh, $32,000 a year or more, you are in the top 2% of earners in the entire world. $32,000 a year or more, you are in the top 2% of earners in the entire world. I, I try to say that to make me feel better. How about this one? Here's one I try to use to make me feel better. America. We're in America. Today, as Americans... We have more possessions as Americans today than all the other people in the history of humanity from yesterday to the beginning of the, of, of the world, the beginning of time. I'll say that again. We have more possessions today as America than the rest of humanity combined from yesterday to the beginning of time. And tomorrow, we're going to break that record again. Tomorrow, we're going to have more possessions than, than today and through the rest of history to the beginning of time. We're, we're blessed, right? We're blessed. Like, life is okay for us here in America. But we live in New York. We don't really live in America, do we? We live in New York, where 32 grand is like making $6, it feels like, right? We live in New York, right? Where, where yeah, we might have some possessions, but we live in a 50-square-foot apartment, right? You know, so, so for us, it feels and looks a little different. And there's this thing that we're taught, and we're taught it from a very young age, and it's all about scarcity. It always says, make sure you have enough. 
Don't be, or be afraid and, and always make sure you have enough there because if you don't have enough, you're going to be in some really serious trouble. Right? That's, that's what we're taught and we're taught it by our families and our friends. We see it on TV with investments. We always want to make sure we have enough. And what we've done is we've fooled ourselves, we've tricked ourselves, we've scared ourselves into believing that we do not have enough. Here's the deal. I don't think anybody in this room is greedy. I don't. I think you're all wonderful, actually. But I guarantee you right now, some of you are thinking, wow, I'm really willing to give to this campaign, but I'm not able. That's what you're thinking right now, because you don't have enough because we scared ourselves into believing that we don't have enough. I, I was 11 years old. I think I was 11. It was my birthday, and uh, I got birthday money, and I really knew what I wanted to spend my birthday money on. It was on the best video game ever, still is, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. <laughs> Great game. And, uh, and so with Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, I went to Toys R Us, and that was it. Boom, grabbed Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, and my parents said to me, uh, are you sure you don't want to like, hang on to some of your money or be smarter about the way you're spending it? And I was like, I, to this day, I'd be like, I'm smart. I'm buying Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Like, that feels right to me. So I spent all my money on that game, and I, I remember we were driving home, and there was this uh, guy, this uh, homeless guy who was always at the bodega, this bodega on the, uh, on the street, and he was always disheveled and like talking to himself. And my parents didn't say this outright, but they basically said something to the effect of like, you know, when you're not disciplined with your money, you're gonna end up like this person at the bodega. Like, and, and that brings fear in you, right? And so you're always feeling like, I'm always feeling like you don't have enough. We don't have enough. And we don't have enough, and it feels like this race I'm running. And it's this race I'm running from being this, you know, this person who is completely broke, the picture of broke, the, the character of broke, wherever. And I'm running away from it, holding on to whatever I can hold on to, and grabbing whatever I can grab, and carrying it with me. Because if I have it, then I own it, and then it's mine. And you know what happens when it's mine? I'm in control of it. I'm in control of my life. So if I continue to accumulate, I continue to be in control. And I got something to tell you. There's one thing. There is one thing that trumps control. There's one thing that trumps this idea of being scared or scarcity. There's one thing. That is life change. When real life change happens, we're willing to let go of control. A friend of mine who you'll actually be hearing his story, he, uh, he quit his job. He quit his job to start this organization uh, that helps people who, who have left the church and have been hurt by the church come back into the church. He started this organization. And he quit his job, so we were meeting, like two weeks ago, we were setting up uh, a bank account for him, and he's like, I have absolutely no money to put in this bank account. And we all just started laughing, we're like, ah, oh, you're broke, and we were like making fun of him and stuff. And, uh, and he goes, you know what, maybe I am, maybe I'm a little broke. He's like, but I absolutely love what's happening right now. And I absolutely love what I'm doing right now. And all these people, I get to help them. They love what I'm doing right now. So yeah, I might be a little bit broke, but I'm telling you, things are happening. Lives are changing. We're going to make waves. It's going to be great. That scarcity, that idea that you have to control and hold on to, otherwise you're going to end up like that person over there, that is trumped by real life change. It's trumped by the testimony of the grace of Jesus Christ. So because we're at church, we're going to get into the Bible because there's a story like this in the Bible too. Uh, Paul, you guys know Paul? The Apostle Paul? Paul, uh, um, he hears about this church in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is not doing well. In fact, they're, they're beat up pretty good. They're being persecuted. Uh, people are taking their, their possessions, taking their money. They have nothing. So Paul writes a letter to all these other churches, and he says, churches, I need you to help Jerusalem. Like, help them out. And here's what Paul says about it in Acts. 
uh, he says this. He says, listen, I consider my, my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So this is what he says. He says, churches, I want you to testify to the good news of God's grace. If your life has been changed, testify to the good news of God's grace by giving to this church in Jerusalem. And all these churches start giving to the church in Jerusalem. They're all like, oh, we're going to help. This is incredible. We're going to testify to the good news of God's grace. And they all start helping. And Paul, did you guys know that Paul's a little racist? Do you guys know that? Yeah. Uh, he's a little racist because um, he, he purposely skips over one church. He skips over one church, that, that, the Macedonians. And the Macedonians didn't have any money. They were broke. Um, so he didn't like people who were socio, socioeconomically broke. Um, that's not true. I just made that up. But anyway, he doesn't ask him. And all of a sudden, the Macedonians come. They're like, why didn't you ask us? And Paul's like, because you're broke. And they were like, we want to testify to the good news of God's grace. Let us give what we can give. So the Macedonians did that, right? The Macedonians gave what they could give to, to give to Jerusalem. They gave beyond their means because they were like, our lives have changed. Why wouldn't we give to testify to the fact that our lives have changed? We want to give so that other lives can change. And so then Paul writes this letter to, to this church at Corinth. The church at Corinth is a rich church. And this is, could be awkward, right? It could be awkward because you have these Macedonians who gave and they were broke and you got this rich church who hasn't given yet. And so Paul, Paul's got a decision to make. And Paul's like, all right, Corinthians, give 10% because it's what Leviticus says to do. Is that what he said? You guys need to learn your Bible. He didn't say that. <laughs> Did Paul say, all right, Corinthians, I'm sending some henchmen to break your legs if you don't give. That's in the Bible. No, Paul goes, let me tell you this story. It's right there in 2 Corinthians. Here's the story he tells. He says, brothers and sisters, I want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, and they urgently pleaded for us with the privilege of sharing in this service of the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Hey, Corinthians, the Macedonians, they're testifying to the good news of God's grace because their lives have been changed. Have your lives been changed? Because if your lives have been changed, I want you to testify to the good news of God's grace too. Has your lives been changed? If they've been changed, if you've seen significant change in your life, go testify to the goodness of God's grace by giving to Jerusalem. Do it. What do the Corinthians do? They do it. They're like, yeah, we've changed. Our lives have been changed. And we do have money to give. And they give. And they give greatly. And the, the passage that Jen, that Jen read earlier, which I'll pop back up on the screen, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, is Paul thanking them. Is Paul saying, you are a testament to the goodness of God's grace. You are the, the ones who, who show people that life can, can change, that churches can change, that people in churches can change, that we can show the, the, the grace of Jesus Christ. And then he says there that one line, he basically says, listen, this, what you do when you give, others are going to have great stories to tell too because of what you did. So you did this, it just doesn't allow you to tell your story. It allows other people to tell great stories. I love that. That's a testament to the goodness of God's grace. So here we go. We're in together in this. And we're going to raise $250,000 for our church. Are we willing to let go of scarcity? 
Are we willing to, to, to quit that race that tells us we don't want to end up back there so we continue running forward, grabbing whatever it is we can grab? Are we, we have the courage to let go of that? Do we have the courage to say, you know what? My life has been changed because of forefront. I'm going to testify to the goodness of God's grace. Do you have the courage to do that? You know, uh, I talked about this about, oh, I don't know, six weeks ago, seven weeks ago with uh, the leaders of Forefront. So it was Manhattan and it was Brooklyn and we were all in a room and I said to everybody, hey guys, we get, we're gonna have a, you know, a financial shortfall. We're gonna need to raise some money. And you know what everybody's biggest concern was? Everybody was like, can we still give? Can we still give to other organizations? Can we still give some of our money away? Will we still make sure we support other people? That was their biggest concern. That's a testament to the good news of the grace of Jesus Christ, that question alone. Somebody else asked, they said, are we gonna do celebration generosity this year? Celebration generosity is when we give uh, a bunch of money away to three organizations uh, in the city and sometimes throughout the, the country. Um, and this was a tough one, because I said, no, we're not doing celebration generosity this year. And I said, the reason we're not is because we need to see this as a long play. For us to testify to the good news of God's grace here at Forefront and raise the money for Forefront means if we can do that this year, it means that we can give as much money away as we want for years and years and years to come. And we'll testify to God's grace that way. We'll let other people tell really good stories that way. That's what we can do. That's a testament to the grace of Jesus Christ. In the next seven weeks, you're going to hear seven incredible stories. I already teased one of them. Seven incredible stories about how people's lives have drastically changed because of Jesus Christ, testifying to the grace of Jesus Christ. And this investment, I can't wait to hear the stories that we're going to have from this investment. It's going to be incredible. I mean, like, I think about the stories already, like David J. with his husky voice, you know, so many of you gave money so he could do an album. Lindsay Luff you get, you know, gets an album. Amy Leon, money to her, gets an album. Like, that's just three people and three albums and three stories. There's hundreds of them. I can't wait to hear the stories about the new friendships. I can't wait to hear stories about people who have impacted one another by helping each other professionally. You know there are people in this church who have met in this church and got married at this church? Like that, yeah. Jen Wills Fisher, Bobby Fisher. That's a story. Your life has changed drastically. I can't wait to hear the stories about how life will change drastically as a testament to the good news of God's grace because we're willing to invest in this church. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. Will you invest in Forefront? Will you do it? I want you guys to close your eyes. I'm going to ask you guys to pray I'm going to ask, number one, that as we pray, that God would just take away our fear, the fear of not having enough. As we pray, the fear of, oh, well, if I just give this little amount, it's not going to matter. It doesn't make a difference. It makes a huge difference. It testifies to the goodness of God's grace just the way the Macedonians did. And here's what I want you to do. Right now, I want you to pray that God's grace drives out fear of not having enough. Pray that God's grace stops us from feeling like we can't make a difference. I pray that God's grace allows us to celebrate and tell amazing stories of people's lives who look drastically different because of this place. I pray that we have the courage to see our church live out a just 
and generous Christianity. I pray that other people will look at our church. I pray this, and I pray, God, other people look at our church and they'll say, do, you, do, do, we, do, they, do you see Forefront entirely on their own? They urgently pleaded for us with, for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. I pray that for us. And I pray that the Spirit would be upon all of us, that we would be convicted and courageous in making an investment as a testament to the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen.